The, the founder of First Things uh, magazine, uh, someone I had the privilege to meet in person, uh, Father John Newhouse, uh, now deceased, uh, made the point often that culture is really what matters most. In the end, it's culture that determines the fate of nations. Uh, politics, at the, at the end of the day, is just downstream from cultures. And so it's no coincidence that the left uh, takes this very seriously. We see this obviously in Hollywood. We see this in their interest in uh, educating our children. Uh, they realize that ideas matter. And uh, my main point today will be that we should not yield an inch as conservatives uh, when it comes to the battle for, for our cultures. We should not focus just on politics. We should have um, a clear vision for how to preserve what's best in all our countries and fight, fight strongly because it's a fight worth winning. The English historian Christopher Dawson is an intellectual uh, hero of mine. Uh, I've spent a great deal of time uh, investigating his works. He was uh, a great thinker of the 20th century, born in an Anglican family, later became Catholic at the age of 25. But he was prophetic in many of his writings about the relationship between religion and culture. He was convinced that what was happening in Europe, this secularization and this separation of religion from culture, uh, meant that in the, in the future, ideology would replace the traditional role of religion in our societies. And in many ways, this is happening. He couldn't predict that it would be this woke ideology that's become a menace and tormenting uh, our countries today. But he was able to see, he died in 1970, but he was able to see ahead of his time uh, what was happening. So we have to be clear about this, that there is an integral relationship between religion and culture. And in the West, this means clearly um, protecting and defending our Judeo-Christian heritage. There's no way around it. The West symbolically is represented by Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. Perhaps Jerusalem is the most important of the three cities that symbolize our uh, Western heritage and what we've uh, received from our ancestors. And, and so this, this, this can't be avoided at, at conferences like this. We need to take religion seriously and we need to be aware that if it's not religion, if it's not in, in Europe Christianity or Catholicism, something else will come in and uh, replace it. And I hear from many colleagues who are academics uh, teaching around the world, they, they tell me that uh, young students, the, the, the generation coming, many have no, absolutely no idea uh, what religion is. They have no concept of the uh, supernatural. Uh, they're not aware that they have an immortal soul. So there's a deep emptiness that we're dealing with and it's gonna be a huge task to properly address this. And uh, coming from academia, I would say that I fully agree with uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, someone also I admire and who's recently resigned from his post at the University of Toronto who argues that the universities today, especially in the social sciences and the humanities are doing more harm than good. That's his conclusion after a um, distinguished career in, uh, in the university life. He's, uh, he's leaving and starting his own independent project. That's where, that's where we've come to, that people like Jordan Peterson are not welcome, are not able to teach freely in their positions. So, 
the family. I, the topic of uh, my talk is the traditional family. I would prefer the natural family, but the traditional family will do. Um, it could also be called back to basics. I think we need to say explicitly some things that have been um, forgotten, unfortunately, in, uh, in our society. So the family is uh, a reality that precedes government, precedes the state, and exists independently of the government. The state does have an interest, of course, in protecting the family. And I would fully agree with the comments of uh, our, our Hungarian friend, Judith Varga, who spoke very eloquently earlier today about why Hungary puts such an emphasis on protecting the family. And uh, this makes sense. This is completely rational. Uh, any, any minister who's in charge of labor and pensions knows that demographics matter, and it's not, um, the, the state cannot be neutral whether people are getting married and, and having families or not. So we have to encourage this, and there's ways that government can, um, can be proactive in this. Even though we're for limited government in principle, there are things that government, governments can do to cultivate a pro-marriage, pro-family uh, culture, and I think Hungarian is a good, Hungary is a good example. So, as I've mentioned, the left has no hesitation in spreading its lies, in trying to reinvent human nature, and we must have even more uh, strength and readiness to, to fight back for the truth, for what is true and good. It's pretty simple. Um, the, the, the nonsense that we're, we're, we're told on a daily basis through the media and uh, in, in academia is just simply um, even too ridiculous to, to take seriously. Uh, we look in the United States, uh, women's sports is now um, in, in jeopardy. It could disappear. We have biological males who are competing against girls and winning, winning and making a mockery out of uh, female, fem female competition. This is where we are. Now, I mention this when I talk to my students who are uh, already young adults, they can process this and they're able to critically think through these uh, notions and these ideas and they quite easily and quickly reject uh, gender theory. But the problem is, is that the, the gender theory, this poison, this, this toxic ideology is entering our elementary schools. Children at the age of six or seven are not able to process this information pro properly. And I would say as a parent uh, for uh, children, I would say in, in a way it's, it's an emotional, at least an emotional abuse of these children to be indoctrinating them with these ideas at such an early age. And parents cannot afford to be silent. They cannot afford to be silent. They must speak up. Now, Ellen mentioned this uh, referendum in Croatia. I think it's worth um, briefly explaining what happened. So I was involved in a major grassroots initiative in 2013 which forced a hostile government at the time to hold a national referendum, a national vote, on whether marriage should be defined in the Croatian constitution as a union between one man and one woman. This was uh, shortly after we had joined the EU, uh, so there were many people um, observing this with intense interest. Uh, in the end, uh, the vote was um, held this referendum on December 1st, 2013. It passed 
uh, two to one. There was a 67% majority which favored this, and now we have this in the Constitution. Uh, I got a call the next morning from uh, a New York Times correspondent who was um, writing about this, and uh, I was happy to give him my uh, comments. And uh, the headline, I, I won't bore you with this, but it was interesting how the New York Times could distort such a clear result uh, of a referendum. But it was breaking the narrative. That's what's important that we think outside the box, how to break this narrative coming from the left uh, and their interpretation, their distortion, really, of what uh, human rights human rights are. We need to be ahead of the curve. We need to be able to preempt some of these things that are coming to our countries. And this is what happened in Croatia. And it created momentum for the pro-marriage, I would say, movement uh, elsewhere. So we need victories. And we were able to achieve this uh, in, in, in Croatia. It was a severe blow, I would say, to the left and they started to invest and spend even more money in uh, financing these leftist NGOs and other troublemakers who are still uh, going about their business um, in Croatia. But it's a fight. It's, it's a fight. It's not just uh, one-sided. They, they, they realize that there's people willing to expose themselves and to uh, speak the truth and to fight for what's really most important, and that's our children, uh, the next generation. So, in in conclusion, I would say uh, the patriarchy as such is, is an abstraction used to frighten or appall, but the father is not an abstraction. A father is a man. And once we admit the obvious that husbands and wives make households and children need a father and a mother, then much of what some find scandalous actually becomes for ordinary people as natural as the sun rising in the east. We must ask ourselves, how do we cultivate virtue if we don't know what the family is? Now these are basic truths, but I think we need to repeat them and be able to repeat them very publicly, very loudly, uh, whenever we can, it's necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, the conservative movement, in my view, must be unapologetically pro-life, and pro-family. We must not yield an inch. We have been given human dignity because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Together, we can fight back and reclaim our national cultures. It's a fight worth fighting. Thank you very much.